Greetings. Welcome to The Point Being, Ipsos's public polling podcast. I am your host, Chris Jackson, joined by Mallory Newell. Greetings. And since it's Halloween, can I be Carmen Sandiego today? Carmen Sandiego, certainly. Um, so, Carmen, uh, we have uh, one week, less than one week to go until Election Day and a lot of public polling to cover. You ready to, to go through it? Sure. Let's go see where Carmen Sandiego is in the U.S. Where this in week. the U.S. is Carmen Sandiego? Um, all right. So, Carmen, where is the direction of the country right now? What do the Americans think uh, we're going? So generally, Chris, there's been a lot of stability when you look at our Ipsos Reuters core political numbers this week, um, and the direction of the country is no exception of that. So a majority of both Americans and likely voters think that things are headed off in the wrong direction in the country these days. Okay. So, and of course, the main thing that everyone is talking about is our president, President Trump. Um, How does America feel about his job performance? So currently, 41% of Americans and 45% of likely voters approve of the job that the president's doing. Uh, This reflects pretty stable numbers where he's been the past couple weeks. Uh, And if you look at the market average, meaning a whole bunch of public polls all together, Mm -hmm. uh, the president's approval rating market average is 44%. So we're seeing ours right in line with pretty much where most people have him these days. So a little bit less than half of the country uh, approve of the president. Um, What does America see as the main problems facing the country as we go into this election next week? So looking ahead to the midterms, uh, there's there's a couple things. First, I want to point out that if you look on the Political Atlas website, which goes, um, that's the website that is our partnership with Reuters and the University of Virginia Center for Politics, we look at um, the main issues on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and President Trump continues to be the number one thing that's dominating conversations on social media. Okay. So I think that's worth noting. Um, But in our latest poll, what we see here is from a set of actual issues, taking the president out of the Hmm. equation, health care and immigration continue to be the main ones that people are focusing on. And uh, are all people focused on immigration and health care the same, or do different people care about different stuff? Of course not. Different people care about different stuff. I think we're seeing here that um, much like everything else that's going on in the country these days, even the issues that you are most concerned about, uh, there's a deep divide based on partisanship. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is Democrats are much more likely to say that health care is their top concern, along with independence actually as well. Um, And on the other side, nearly an equal number of Republicans say that immigration is their top issue. So you've got two sides of the electorate talking about two completely different things. And have these numbers changed much over the last couple of weeks, or are those two main issues pretty much the same issues we've been talking about all along? They're pretty much the same issues we've been talking about all along. But one thing that is interesting is if you look at... Republicans' concern for immigration, or about immigration, rather, uh, that has actually increased in the past two weeks or so. Um, Right around the time that um, the president started talking about the caravan of immigrants coming to this country, 
So um, more Republicans, you can see this in their response to the main issue. There's been an increase in immigration, and it's almost like the president's rhetoric about this caravan is sort of throwing red meat at his base right before the election. Hmm. Um, So speaking of the election, what are we seeing in our uh, generic ballot, that is our proxy ballot for what's going to happen in Congress? Uh, Currently, the generic ballot shows that a Democrat has a seven-point lead among likely voters. 49% prefer a generic Democrat to 42% for a generic Republican. And this is pretty steady. I think last week's was at seven or eight points as well. Okay. And uh, so one thing I think that's important to note going into the election next week is even though Democrats have a seven-point advantage Republicans have a number of structural advantages, um, including how the districts are drawn, uh, including sort of the way representation is structured in the country. So uh, does that seven point lead for Democrats indicate that there's going to be a lot of Democratic wins or not so much? That's a really good question. And while I don't have a crystal ball, I think that there are certain indicators in our poll that show... um, What it's really going to come down to here is turnout on Election Day, uh, and not only the size of turnout, but also who's turning out, Mm -hmm. right? So what we've been doing in our polls, and when we look at key battleground states, and I think we'll talk about a few in a minute, um, we're looking at not only the difference in enthusiasm between Democrats and Republicans, but also the difference in your stated intention to vote. Mm -hmm. And one thing that we've seen is that Democrats hold an advantage when it comes to enthusiasm, and that wasn't the case in the past two midterm elections. Both in 2010 and 2014, Republicans had an advantage on enthusiasm, and of course, both of those years there were Republican waves. So it remains to be seen. But I do think, uh, and we've we've talked about this on the podcast in the past, it does look fairly likely that Democrats may end up retaking the House. Mm-hmm. But the path to um, retaking the Senate, I think, is much tougher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think uh, to cert- there's a, some research out there that suggests that if Democrats get about a 4% more votes at the national level than Republicans, Republicans can actually still hold control of Congress. Democrats need six, maybe even seven percentage points to take control of Congress. So it's really going to come down to what that split is. You know, a nine or 10% Democratic advantage might represent a wave, a 5% might actually indicate Republicans controlling, continuing to control the House. Um, So you referenced uh, some of our state polls. We have just now, this morning, released the last three state polls we are doing with Reuters and UVA Center for Politics. Uh, What states are in our final, uh, final roundup, and what are they telling us? So we went back and took another look at Arizona and Florida, two states where we have Uh, some pretty interesting Senate and gubernatorial races, yeah. Yeah. Um, But then we also took a look at the Kansas governor's race, which um, not many public pollsters have taken a look at Kansas, which is really interesting because this race is remarkably close. All right, Carmen. Well, why don't we start in Arizona and work our way east? Sounds good. 
So um, looking at Arizona, what we're seeing in the Senate race, uh, which is an open seat, is that Republican Martha McSally uh, has a very slight edge, but within the margin of error, over Democrat Kirsten Sinema, 48% to 46%. So again, this is really a toss-up, and mm -hmm. I think uh, well, is a great case to be made about what we were just talking about in terms of what the electorate is going to look like six days from now. Mm -hmm. In fact, with that poll, if you change different turnout assumptions, you actually get different cinema wins versus McSally winning. That's right. Totally well, indicating that point. That's right. Yeah, we ran a few simulations and basically the larger the electorate is, so when you get closer to what I think 45% mm -hmm. turnout, that's when things start to change in favor of cinema. Okay, um, let's move our, let's actually come all the way to the East Coast and talk about Florida. What's going on there? So Florida, what we're seeing is that uh, the Democrats in both the Senate and gubernatorial races have slight advantages now. So Senator Bill Nelson has a five point lead over Rick Scott. Uh, he's an incumbent senator fighting tooth and nail to hold on to his seat. Mm -hmm. And when we last looked at this race back in September, we saw that the race was tied. So what we're seeing now is perhaps a very slight advantage toward Nelson, it looks like. Um, and then in the gubernatorial race, one that has gotten a lot of national attention recently, mm -hmm. uh, Democrat Andrew Gillum has a six-point lead over Ron DeSantis, 50% to 44%. And this is right where we had it about a month ago. So maybe some indicators that things are holding pretty steady in favor of Gillum. Mm -hmm. And that's just outside our credibility interval, uh, indicating that Gillum does have a slight uh, lead at this point. Um, so let's, let's look at our last poll, uh, save the Midwest for last. What is going on with Kansas? I think... From this former Midwesterner, we could have a whole other podcast session about whether Kansas is part of the Midwest or not. It all seems Midwest to me. <laughs> um, agree to disagree, I guess. But uh, like I said, this gubernatorial race in Kansas is proving to be a pretty tight race. We've got just a two-point difference between Laura Kelly and Chris Kobach for this uh, open seat for the Kansas gubernatorial race. Um, there is a third party candidate here, Greg Orman, running as an independent, mm -hmm. who in our poll is netting about 9% of the vote. So I think this is one of those races where not only we wanna keep an eye on turnout and sort of what the electorate looks like, but that third party candidate's potential for um, maybe taking votes away from one of the candidates. So where is uh, Orman's vote coming from, Republicans or Democrats? Uh, well, slightly more Republicans than Democrats. He nets 9% among Republicans, 5% among Democrats. Not surprisingly, his vote share is much higher among self-ascribed independents, though. Okay. So, but if, if he's hurting one of the candidates, he's potentially hurting... Uh, Chris Kobach. Kobach more. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we've uh, released now 20 state polls. This is our final batch. Are there any conclusions we can reach uh, from looking at all of these, all of these individual states? Well, I think there's a few interesting things that we can look at. If we go back a couple weeks ago, we did sort of our huge roundup of Midwest slash Rust Belt states. Note that we did not include Kansas there. 
But um, and we what we saw in those polls was um, particularly in the states where President Trump narrowly won in 2016. So that's Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. Signs that maybe that blue wall, as it was called, is starting to rebuild. Democrats holding leads in close races throughout the Midwest. Um, but if you look at the South, while we do have some very tight races in Florida, in the Georgia governor's race, I think it's it's really just too close to call in a lot of these states. Um, one of the most interesting reasons why I think that is, is because in our polling, we look at whether people want to support a candidate who will support President Trump or oppose President Trump. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of places where these races are really tight, um, take Georgia, for example, we're seeing more likely voters saying that they want to come out and vote for a candidate. They're very motivated mm -hmm. to vote for a candidate who will oppose President Trump. So I think at the end of the day, taking all of these polls together, what you're seeing is this election in a lot of places is proving to really be a referendum on the president himself. Mm. So the, the President Trump, as we see in our social media, is the main issue on the ballot, even if he's not actually on the ballot. That's right. Um, so this is the final pre-election podcast. We will be back with a post-election version uh, next week to talk about what happened. Uh, but we will be working with Reuters on election day to produce our day of election poll. We'll be doing about 40,000 interviews with voters uh, and then talking about why various candidates might have won, might have lost, uh, what the American people care about, what the voters are caring about. So I certainly encourage folks to follow Reuters election coverage on election night to, to see all of the interesting data we'll be pushing out. Stay tuned for that and have a happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. See you next week.